I'm Matt Miller of the Ditch That Textbook Podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great educational podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to episode 100 of the Burned In Teacher Podcast, one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. In this episode, I go live inside of the Burned In Teacher Podcast Facebook community, and we celebrated together with a fun, casual Q&A session. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. You know, during my 12-year teaching career, it seemed like there was always something throwing off my lesson plans, mindset, or goals. And when I began to burn out and tried to talk about it, all I heard was join the club, go for a walk, have a glass or three of wine. This is just the way it is. The current challenges you're facing, distance learning, new technologies, higher expectations, discipline issues, a personal crisis, a global pandemic, all of these challenges make your everyday life seem unmanageable. Until now. Teacher Burnout has been hacked and the book is here. In Hacking Teacher Burnout, I share my eight-step process that shines a light on burnout as an opportunity for growth and change. And in it, I empower you to become burned in, a fulfilled, happy, efficient, and effective teacher in the classroom and in life. You'll learn the steps you can take to take action steps based on your burnout type. Feel ready for the next challenge thrive, not just survive personally and professionally. Feel ready for and learn how to grow through your burnout and so much more. Hacking Teacher Burnout is here and ready for you to order on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. So go check it out or go to hackingteacherburnout.com to learn more and place a bulk order for your staff. Take a deep breath because you're about ready to do something big for your burnout. Burn on. Well, hello there, Burn In Teachers, and welcome to episode 100 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. I'm your host, Amber Harper, and I am just so extremely grateful to all of you listeners out here who have made episode 100 possible. You may or may not know this, but episode zero aired on September 17th of 2018. And since episode zero, we have had about 50,000 downloads. Over the course of the last couple of years of podcasting, there have been some really popular episodes. So I want to share with you the top five most downloaded episodes. So we're going to start with the fifth most downloaded episode. This is episode 61, and it's an episode that I aired about a year ago, and it was a collaboration between myself and Gretchen Bridgers from Always a Lesson and Dana Thomas from Happy Teacher Revolution. So episode 61 was called From Crisis to Calm, A Success Plan for Balance, Workflow, and Collaboration During COVID-19 Safety Precautions. 
The fourth most downloaded episode is from my summer self-care series. So this was done a couple of summers ago, episode 40. And this was an episode that I aired, an interview with Stephanie DeLussi. It was called The Lies That We Tell Ourselves with Stephanie DeLussi. This was an excellent episode about anxiety and how it affects the way that we think, feel, believe, and behave. So it's a great episode. I definitely suggest that one as well. The third most downloaded episode is episode 52. This is my interview with Michelle Gano, and she was talking about her book, Look Beyond the Clouds. The second most highly downloaded episode is episode number 80, Being a Mindful Educator with Dave and Aaron Tashian. These, just like Gretchen Bridgers, are fellow Education Podcast Network podcasters, so I definitely recommend you checking out their podcast as well as Gretchen's and the many other amazing podcasts that are out there to support educators. And finally, drum roll please, the number one most downloaded episode is episode number 73. This was actually a Facebook Live that I did with my good friend Alexis Shepard, also known as the Afro Educator, and we called it Color Your Perspective. Each one of these episodes, plus the other 94 that have contributed to empowering educators to believe that they deserve and can achieve a happier, more fulfilled life has played a huge role in the fact that we have reached episode 100. So I'm just, I'm so, so grateful to all of you, to all of my guests, all of the teachers, all of the authors and other podcasters and experts that have come on this show to help to give our teachers more perspective and more tools and more strategies to grow and move through their burnout. Thank you so much. Now for episode 100, I went back and forth for quite a long time deciding how I wanted to celebrate this milestone episode. And as I preach, I wanted to also keep it very simple. So what I finally decided is that I wanted to bring the community together. So my final decision was to go live and do a fun Q&A casual chat with the Burned In Teacher podcast Facebook community. So that's exactly what we did. On Thursday evening, February 25th, I jumped on a Facebook Live inside of the Burn and Teacher Podcast Facebook community and answered questions that had been previously submitted as well as questions that were asked live during this Q&A session. Now, <laughs> true to form, and I'm not surprised that I did this because I was so excited about doing this, I forgot to start recording as I introduced everybody and you know celebrated the fact that this was the 100th episode and welcomed everybody and all of that. But I finally remembered, and you didn't miss too much, but I jump right into answering a question that has to do with what I believe is the biggest catalyst to burnout. So you're going to jump into this headfirst into the first question. And as you'll see, we have fun together. We celebrate together. I welcome you know new viewers that were jumping into to the live. And of course, you can join the Burned In Teacher Podcast Facebook community as well by going to facebook.com slash groups slash burned in teacher. And you can request to join, and you can watch this live. You can watch this episode, watch the Q&A um, anytime you would like. So again, thank you so much for being here, and I really do look forward to the next 100 episodes. So cheers, and here's to episode 100 of the Burned In Teacher Podcast. 
So Chrissy asked, what do you think is the biggest catalyst for burnout? And when I think about the answer to, to this question about, you know, what is, um, what's the biggest catalyst? I think about my own journey. I think about my own challenges with burnout, not just, um, as a teacher, but when I struggled with burnout over a year ago, even as a teacher burnout coach, I think for me and my experience, and this is, this is different for everybody. Everybody has a different experience that leads to their burnout, but burnout occurs because the effort does not equal the reward for that, all of the work that you're putting into something. And it's also created from chronic stress where you wake up every morning to climb this mountain, the same mountain you, cl you climbed yesterday, and you're not seeing any different results. So you start to wonder what's the point. And, and this is where that, um, you start to feel dehumanized because you're, <laughs> hey, Joe Beth and hey, Sarah. Uh, so you are, you're, you're seeing, you're not seeing the results of all of your efforts day after day after day. And you're continuing, you're, you have a loss of autonomy. So again, like I said, this is different for everybody. Hello, hello. If you are jumping in and joining us live, please say hello. I want to see who's here with us today. So right, I'm answering the question, what do you think is the biggest catalyst to burnout? So in my experience, when I was struggling with burnout the most, it was because I, I continued to have blinders on through my feelings and, um, through my, the things that I thought that I wanted for myself at that moment. I told myself that I should be grateful for where I am. Uh, you know, my husband and I, we had our first daughter, uh, I had her right out of high school and, we worked really hard to get our education degrees, even though we were young parents and, you know, a young married couple. And I felt like this is what I worked so hard for. So why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? Hello, Andrea. Why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? What is wrong with me? I am really good at teaching and I love it. And my students love me and I have great friends here and I'm practicing self-care. You know, I, I exercise and I drink enough water and I do all of these things what the heck is wrong with me? So I identified this call for change, which is what I truly believe that burnout is. I ignored it. And I instead put blame on myself and told me that I was the problem or and or that my administrators were the problem and that our government was the problem. And hey, I am not going to argue that our education system is broken and that there aren't really bad leaders out there. Okay. Everybody's situation is different. Everybody's story is different. There's no judgment or assumption attached. Okay. But I truly do believe that we have to make sure that we, we pay attention to our story and this isn't a comparison game, but in, in my situation, I continue to blame others for my misery. I made myself the victim instead of becoming an active participant and saying, okay, what is happening here? How long has this been going on? What's triggering this? And what do I even want? I will also say too, I think a catalyst as well is along with, you know, blaming others for our misery is that, um, we aren't being self-aware about how we could be contributing and, and making things maybe a little bit worse. And, um, in the burn-in process and in hacking teacher burnout, I, we really dive deep and I know we have some, um, burn-in teacher tribers here with us today, but, there are practices that we can go through to do that inner work that we need to do in order to do that hard, scary self-care, have those hard conversations. As Brene Brown says, to show up, to be seen, to ask for what we need, to advocate for ourselves. You know, all of those things that come from being vulnerable. 
a lot of times, you know, I think another, I think there are lots of catalysts, catalysts, Chrissy, honestly. <laughs> the other one is that the shame that we, that we sit in this island by ourselves and suffer, or when we share our struggles, we share it in the form of venting and there's no action behind it. People, you know, people are happy to vent, you know, that's, it's easy to vent. The hard stuff is saying, okay, I got this off my chest. Venting is healthy to a certain point, but what am I going to do about this now? What are my choices? What changes are within my control that I, that I can, that I can try. So I think that we sometimes become passive observers. And I think this comes from a long time of lacking clarity from being clouded by all of the overwhelm and frustration and anxiety that comes along with this really important work of teaching and working in education. And I think that this is something that we as the people who are experiencing the burnout, when we feel it coming on to pay attention to it, because it's going to show up at some point, it's going to show up in, in the form of sickness. It's going to show up. And for my case, it was an emotional breakdown in front of my colleagues over something that had nothing to do with teaching. It, it had to do with my dog. So if you've ever listened to episode one of the burn and teacher podcast, I share this really embarrassing story that really shows how burnout can manifest itself and it just kind of grows and, and it just, it just stews and, and festers until something just breaks the camel's back. And for me, that was a breaking point that was so important in my career because I decided that I wasn't going to base my happiness and my fulfillment in my career on other people. And I had a lot, and it wasn't as easy as just snapping my fingers and fixing it. I needed to learn about myself. I needed to do I need to do some validation? I needed to raise my self-awareness. I needed to think about what brought me to this place and, and why I was doing what I was doing and, and find my purpose and, and really think about what I wanted for myself in the long term. So all of these things, ignoring all of these things, right? And just going through the motions like Bernie and on if you've ever seen Weekend at Bernie's, I use that analogy a lot of just going through the motions, being a passive observer of our life, we have to step up and do more than go for a run and drink water and eat healthily. Those are all great things to do. We should, you know, pamper ourselves once in a while. But I think sometimes that we can confuse self-care with self-indulgence and sometimes even self-sabotage when we don't pay attention to that hard and scary self-care that we should be um, engaging in and do the hard things and have the hard conversations and set boundaries. Those things that really scare us because um, we may have told ourselves in the past that um, good teachers, um, they just do these things. Good teachers are the last car in the parking lot. Good teachers um, give and they exhaust themselves. They, I'm not a good teacher if I'm not working 50, 60 plus hours a week. Um, if I don't have my notifications and my email and my phone, I'm not a good teacher, you know, and, and you may not be telling yourself that and that's okay. But what I want to encourage you to think about is what story are you telling yourself and are they, are they true? And what do you want? And how long have you been here? I think stepping back, taking a deep breath and taking time to take some stock into how you got here and what you can possibly do about it. 
And it could start with a simple conversation. And when I say simple, that doesn't mean it's easy, okay? But it could be sending an email and, and setting a boundary with an administrator or another teacher or with parents. Um, it could be in the form of taking your email off of your phone. It could be setting office hours. It could be doing any number of things that fit your burnout type. And of course, you probably already know about my burnout quiz, the teacher burnout quiz, burnedinteacher.com slash burnout quiz. This is one way to identify what type of burnout you're dealing with. Because just saying I'm overwhelmed or I'm frustrated or I'm anxious or I'm I'm sad or I'm, I'm, I'm just over it, um, that's not enough. There's no action behind it. We have to say, okay... I'm burned and over it, which means I'm really struggling with this negativity and apathy and, and waking up every day and doing all this work and not seeing any results. Um, what's the point? I'm just going to quit. Um, so there really is that learning about yourself, learning about burnout, learning about how to treat and respect um, your burnout for what it is, which is a call for change. And um, so I, I think that's a long way around answering your question, but um, I think there are a lot of things that contribute to it. And I think it's different for everybody. And I think it, it takes us stepping back. Um, I've used the analogy of the fly in the window a lot. You know, when we're, when we're chronically stressed, when we're overwhelmed, when we're frustrated, we just keep pounding against that window, like a fly in the sunroom, right? Like if I just fly harder, if I just keep going, if I don't stop, I'm going to get through this window. I'm going to get through this. Well, eventually you exhaust yourself. We have to back up take a deep breath. We are so lucky as humans to have that capability and to, to back up and maybe see that there's an open door. There's an answer right over here. If we would just get quiet, back up, be mindful and, and say, um, and say, I, I'm worth slowing down for a moment and, and figuring out what is going on. Um, and, uh, so, so let me know, Christy, I want you to DM me or send me an email. Let me know if that answers your question. Cause I'm happy to go deeper into this, um, on another episode or, um, or, uh, just a conversation between us, however you'd like to do it. All right. Naomi wants to know some activities that you can do to discover what you even like to do anymore, or what your passions could be. When you've in the past dedicated so much time to teaching. Hello, Andrea. When you've um, developed, when you've been devoting so much time to being a teacher that now you, you are really being an active participant and you are making time to develop yourself personally and bring more growth and joy into your life. She asked, how can you rediscover those activities when you may have lacked the clarity previously to even know what it is, what it is that you even freaking want anymore, <laughs> right? Like, what do I even enjoy? What do I even want to do? What is, what is this? Like, what is this time that I have? So there are a couple of, uh, of methods that I have learned from this. Okay. One of them comes from Tanya Dalton and her book, uh, the joy of missing out. She has this idea of the alphabet. So if you are trying to rediscover what you're passionate about or what you enjoy doing, um, or what you could bring into your life, what you can do is write the alphabet A through Z on the side of a piece of paper. Okay. So I'm going to do, you know, do it now just as an example. So A, grab a pen or a marker here. A, B, C, D, E, F. Okay. So, right. All right. So I have A, B, C, D, E, F down the left side of a piece of paper. And then what you can do is you just brainstorm what activities, what, what, hobbies, what things come to mind when you're going through this alphabet. 
Okay. So what she says is that doing this will help you to gain some clarity and just help you to start to think about words that come to mind first. These are things that maybe naturally you would enjoy doing, or you want to bring more of these things into your life. Okay. That's one, um, that's one method that I think sounds really cool. Um, another one, I believe it's by Marie Forleo where, um, and, and I, I believe this too, that, that this takes work. This takes time. We can't make these, we can't do this self-discovery in one sitting a lot of times. Hi, Chelsea. Um, so a lot of times with, with this type of inner work, it takes days and days. It takes dedication. It takes discipline and intention, which I know you've heard me talk about before. That's the hard stuff. It's fun to set a vision. It's fun to make a plan, but the discipline and the intention is the hard stuff and it takes time. So this is where you have to make the time for things that matter the most, okay? So what Marie Forleo says, and like I said, I believe it's her, that every day you just set a timer for five minutes and you write down things that sound fun. And then the next day you do it again. And then the next day you do it again. Um, or you say, you start a sentence like, wouldn't it be cool if, or wouldn't it be fun if? So you just start with sentence stems like that to decide, you know, what comes to mind? What comes top of mind if I just dream big about how I could spend my time? And, and what's really interesting about this is that different things work for different people. And this comes naturally to different people. Um, and I think the power in this um in this practice of finding your passions and finding things that you just enjoy doing. I think that there's, there's part of this practice that I think is with you getting quiet with yourself, but then I think it's really important to find somebody else that might be at the same stage as you or in the same kind of, um, the self-discovery path that you're on. That's what's so great about the mastermind, the Vernon teacher tribe mastermind is that we have people coming together and sharing with one another and, and using these, these strategies to discover together. And, um, so I would encourage you to find somebody that, that means a lot to you. It could be your partner, you know, it could be your spouse. It could be your best friend. Okay. Hi, Leslie. I'm so glad you're here. So, so my, my encouragement to you is to do this inner work independently by yourself, turn on some music, pour a cup of tea or a glass of wine and, and, and do these self-discovery uh, activities by yourself, but then also say, Hey, Sarah, you know, I know that you're on this journey too. So tell me what you think about this or have I ever said anything that makes you think that I would enjoy doing this? You know, for me, honestly, I have been, I told my husband this the other day. So I don't know if you know this about me, but I grew up riding horses and we did it seriously, like showed them and stuff. And I completely, I got burned out on it, honestly, because of several hardships. And, and I could get into the long list of reasons that I, that I quit riding horses. Um, but I've been, it's been on my heart and on my mind a lot lately. I've been thinking a lot about bringing joy and growth into my own life. And, and this is something that comes up for me. So it's something that I enjoyed as a child all the way through, you know, from, I, I dreamed, I dreamt about it from the moment I can remember anything until the moment I was actually fortunate enough to have a horse. And then, um, then I, then I burned out on it and left it behind when I was 16 because I would rather drive a car than ride a horse. <laughs> so anyway, it's something that continues to come up and I, I think I should pay attention to it. So think about those things, playing volleyball. God, I loved enjoy. I loved playing volleyball when I was in high school and I've even had an opportunity to play in college. I was in a, in a small league and, um, 
oh my goodness, it's, it's so fun. And I want to bring more of that into my life. And so I'm, I'm really glad that you asked this question, Naomi, because it makes me think for myself because, you know, I myself get very busy and, and I take my work so seriously and, and my work is my passion. Um, but I have to bring some things, some joy into my life intentionally, just like all of you do as well. So those are two activities that, that you could do, um, to bring that, that passion and, and the, that fun into your life. All right. Kimberly asked, if you could go anywhere in the world right now, where would it be? Leslie, I'm so glad you're here to hear this because this has been on my vision board for a long time. And I have to tell you the answer to this with a story. So in 2018, the summer after my last year of being in the class full time, my uh, family and I, we love to travel. That is a core value of ours. And we, we traveled out West and, and we went to Yosemite. And when we got there, there, we met this phenomenal family. Um, they were the Lewis family and they are from Australia, from Melbourne, Australia. And it was one of those serendipitous moments where we happened to get on the bus with them at just the right time and just the right music was playing. And we just, my husband and, and Anthony, they started talking. I hope Lewis's, I'm gonna let you know about this episode because I'm gonna talk about you. <laughs> so we ended up uh, spending the entire day hiking with this marvelous family from another continent, another country. And oh my gosh, it was just so unbelievably fun. And in fact, we had such a great time that we coincidentally, um, we found out that we were going to be in Las Vegas together. So we got to spend uh, 4th of July with this family again. So, so Catherine, Anthony, Oscar and Allegra. Hello. I, I still think about you guys and we are going to come to Australia one of these days. <laughs> Obviously we've had the pandemic that, that has held us back too, but this has been a dream of, of ours to, to go visit them in Australia. Uh, Chelsea asked, what kind of music motivates you? All right. I get motivated by different kinds of music in different situations. Okay. So I'm going to get, I love music. I listen to it all the time. I listened to it in my classroom. And honestly, I listened to music for something for me in my classroom. And I would listen to classical or um, there's times though that I would, I would listen to music that I liked. Like um, I, I loved listening to, to Missy Higgins radio on Pandora when I was teaching, or um, I would listen to Dave Matthews radio or, you know, something like that in, in the classroom. But to motivate me, okay, when I was writing Hacking Teacher Burnout, um, one destination that my husband and I have been to a couple of times, again, we, we love to travel. That's what we save our money for. That is a, a huge core value in our life. Um, we've been to Hawaii a couple of times. We're so fortunate to be able to do that. We took our daughters a couple of years ago. And uh, I just love the music. And this is going to come, I'm, this is going to come full circle too in a minute, but I, um, so when I was writing the whole book of hacking teacher burn burnout was actually written while I was listening to Hawaiian radio, <laughs> not kidding. And actually, if you go through my Instagram stories, you'll, you'll see one of the pieces of the story for HTV hacking teacher burnout in one of my memories. Um, I've got Hawaiian music playing in the background. Okay. So that's, that was motivating to me because I want to go back so badly. Uh, so I, that's one, one, um, 
one type of music that motivates me. Another type of music that motivates me is when I'm running, I love to listen to hip hop or rap. <laughs> so one of my favorites, <laughs> this may or may not shock some of you. So one of my favorite stations to listen to is, um, is Eminem radio or, um, hip hop. Let me think it's, um, rock and hip hop. Oh goodness. Uh, hip hop and R&B workout or something like that. Um, but it plays all kinds of rap music and it has like B.O.B., Eminem, Drake, like all kinds of really great artists. And I just I just love running um, to that music. And uh, recently, so my uh, one of my best friends, we have a Spotify playlist. Um, hey, Emily. And we um, so we have a playlist of songs that we just listen to and that motivates us. And actually, some of these songs are from Les Mills. So we use that that music that motivates us when we're working out together. She's my workout buddy and my neighbor. And um, so we will put those songs on a playlist. And I'll listen to that playlist while we run as well. Um, by the way, if you are joining live and you have any questions at all, you know, any questions about anything that I'm talking about or anything in general, um, go ahead and pop them in the comments and I will answer them here live. All right. And then we have one more question. If we don't have any more questions, um, I've got one more question from Hillary. Hillary asked, what do you do for you when you just don't want to do anything else? <laughs> um, okay. If you haven't noticed, I I'm, I'm very much gray. I'm like, well, in this situation, I would do this. And if this situation, I would do this. I'm very situational. So if I am working, I work a lot on the computer and I am home a lot more than I planned on being um, over the last year, just like everybody else. And as I told you, I told you this is going to come for full circle. So if I don't just want to listen to music, if I need to get out of this office um, because I spend a lot of time in here working, I will, and I'll, I'll do this here in the office too, sometimes too, I will actually... <laughs> I love the movie Moana. I'll tell you why here in a moment, but I will play it in the background. Like whether it's on my phone, I'll stream it on my phone from Disney plus, or I will play it on my TV in the background and I won't watch it. I, I won't even, I'll maybe glance up at it once at it once in a while, but I'll play this movie in the background and I'll work with the movie in the background because I just love it so, so much. And let me tell you why. When I was still teaching full time and I had started burned in teacher, we had fall break one, one year and Avery and I went to the theater to see the Moana movie. And I am not kidding you. And this was even before Jeff and I went to Hawaii the first time. This was, I think in 27, it would have been 2017. Um, so this was fall break. Um, and we, <laughs> sat in the theater and watched this movie. And I kid you not, I probably cried at least three times. The scenery is, I know it's cartoon y'all. Okay. Don't judge me. <laughs> the scenery is beautiful. The colors are beautiful. The songs are beautiful. Everything about that movie is beautiful. Okay. I have to jump in here. This is now Amber, the podcaster. This did not get recorded during the live Facebook recording, okay? But I had to jump in here and tell you one more reason that I missed just because of the excitement and all of the people that were there inside of the Facebook group while I was doing this live. One reason that I truly love the movie Moana is because of the message. 
you know, I connected with it so deeply because in the movie, during, you know, in the plot, Moana is told outwardly and inwardly that she should be satisfied with where she was and what she was doing. But she continually had this inner calling that she was meant to do something more. And in fact, in the movie, she actually says, you were meant for more. And I think that so many educators can relate to that. And and more is relative. It's different for different people. And I think that this is also relatable to burnout because burnout says these things to you. I'm here. It's time to do something different. We need to change something. Whatever that change is for you, and it takes some exploration, and it takes time, and that's what the process is for, right? But I remember watching this movie and feeling like it was about me because I had this inner struggle. I was telling myself I should be so happy at this school. I should be so happy working with the, with these kids. I, I love what I do. But at this point, I had started Burned In Teacher and I had this back and forth tug of war inside of me that said, but you were meant to do this. You were meant to serve teachers. You can't continue to do both. It's too much. You have to you have to leave the classroom. And I continued to fight against that for so long. So Meredith Newland asked me this question on Instagram and I missed it and didn't answer it during the Facebook Live. So Meredith asked, I'm curious to know how you arrived at the decision to leave teaching and go all in on Burned In Teacher. Meredith, it was honestly after getting really quiet and centered and really paying close attention to all of the opportunities that I had uh, leading up to finally deciding to leave the classroom to do Burned In Teacher full time. I had had to say no to a lot of Google training opportunities and and other things that, that were coming up for me um, to spread the burned in message, but to also do Google training because I was teaching full time. There, there was no possible way that I could, you know, take time off from teaching, um, you know, full time and, and going into my day to day work there to do these other things. So it really came down to me paying really close attention and, and dreaming big about what I wanted with Burned In Teacher. What was the purpose and what was the mission and how could I possibly achieve those things while also, you know, having my my first graders, you know, that were there relying on me. So I just related to this movie so, so much on so many different levels and I think that it's just a call to pay attention and to start and to take action and to listen to that inner voice. You know, I, I think sometimes we we don't want to we don't want to trust our gut. We don't want to follow our heart. And I'm not telling you to make any rash, you know, knee jerk decisions. And that certainly isn't what I did. But I think it's important to listen to that voice. And that's why I think it's also so important to stop and to take some deep breaths. And, and that's one reason that I say that a lot um, in in the podcast is to pay attention, listen, trust, and talk, you know, find people that will support you um, in, in in talking about whatever it is that you want for yourself, whether it's that you want to, you know, take steps to, to pay more close attention to your wellness so that you can be happy teaching fifth grade or ninth grade or second grade or, or whatever it is that you're doing. Or if it's in fact a change in your career, you know, whether that be teaching a different grade level or moving to a different district or even a different school building, 
whatever that calling is for you to listen because there are really great things ahead if you trust yourself and you believe that you are capable and worthy of change and that it can impact so many people to to do that inner work so that you can do that hard, difficult, challenging self-care, you know, that outer work, those tough conversations, those those risks, those calculated risks that you take for the sake of change. So Meredith, I hope that that is a a good answer for your question. And I hope that this clears up why it is that I love this cartoon movie made for kids (laughs) so, so much. All right, back to the Facebook Live. And so that it's a movie I probably listen to in the background probably once a week. So that's something I do when I don't want to do anything else. And I will say I do things while I'm watching it. Okay. Like or I'm not even watching it. I'm, I'm working. I'm either, I'm, um, I'm working on the burning teacher mastermind. I'm working on communicating with other people that I'm working with. I'm doing any number of things. Okay. Um, all right. So another thing that I do when I just don't want to do anything else, I will go for a walk. And lately I have been walking without, um, without listening to anything. I have been keeping track of my steps because I find that I sit so much. And I realized recently that I am an Enneagram three wing four, um, which means I will completely bury myself in my work. Um, and I've, I've realized that that's something that is not healthy. <laughs> Um, overall. So I'm trying to get a certain amount of steps in a day in addition to my morning workouts. And um, so that's something that I have really begun to do. If I'm hitting a wall, I need a break. I will go for a walk, Um, whether it's a quarter mile, maybe two miles, if that. And Jeff and I have been going on walks um, mostly daily as well. The last thing I will do, uh, if I don't feel like doing anything else, I love a good glass of wine on the couch, you know, just hanging out with the family. Um, so there, there are a multitude of things that I, that I like to do, um, when I'm not working and honestly, and I know Leslie, you know, this about me and Sarah, you know, this about me. I, I love the work. I love the work. And I think that that's something that, um, is so ingrained in me, not just, um, with the, the, the passion that I have for burden teacher and for serving you, but I was the same way as a teacher. I loved the work. I loved creating. I loved um, communicating. I loved all of these things about teaching. And that's healthy only to a certain point. So I have, you know, I, I need to step away more often and do nothing. Um, and that doesn't mean scrolling through my phone. We're going through these things in the Burning Teacher Mastermind right now. Um, that doesn't mean, and you know, numbing myself and, and, and scroll mindlessly scrolling through my phone. So I'm trying to literally just completely check out. Yes, it is so hard to stop because um, I think that Andrea just commented, that's me. It's hard to stop. So uh, I, I think, like I said, like we we're visionaries. I think teachers, we have this vision of, of this ideal situation that we want to create for our students. We love them. We care about them. Hey, Naomi, I'm so glad you're here. Um, so I think, you know, and we just enjoy the work. We enjoy the act of teaching. And I think, you know, going back to Chrissy's question, you know, what do you think is the biggest catalyst for burnout? I think it's that we care so much and we convince ourselves that the harder we work, the better our results will be. And that's not always necessarily true. And I think because we, we attach ourselves so, so, um, 
deeply to that work that we will sacrifice other things that we really do need to be more productive and more clear um, and, and, and be more effective in our job, such as sacrificing our sleep. We'll stay up super late or we'll get up super early to work. Um, and that's true of some, some of my days here with this work because I, the work that we do is important. And I think also that there's a difference between um, the, the chronic stress those things that were that are chronically stressing us out, such as teaching in a hybrid or a fully virtual um, classroom, when that's not what we're used to, and it's totally new and it's scary and and all of that, versus the you stress, the the good stress that comes from doing really important work. And I think that that's something that that we really need to pay attention to. Um, you know, Angela Watson writes in her book Fewer Things Better. She she talks about the the hobby of work. If you're working but you truly are enjoying it, and and it's not something that's drudgery to you, you're enjoying what you're doing. There's no shame in that. Like there's, there's nothing that's true for me that has to be true for you. We have to live and teach and work our own truth. And I think that has always stuck with me because there are certainly things that I don't mind doing on the weekend when it comes to work. There are certainly things I don't even want to think about doing. Um, and in any occupation anywhere in the world, okay, I'm telling you, work is work. And I, I said this recently, I will go toe to toe with anybody that says, if you're doing what you what you love, you never work a day in your life. Because I'm telling you, I, I left the classroom to do this work and to work with teachers and to advocate for them and teach them how to advocate for themselves and live this happy and fulfilled life. But there are things I do not like to do. And there is work I don't want to do, but I have to do it. <laughs> okay. So, um, so there's the chronic stress and there's the use stress. And hopefully you have more of the use stress in your life rather than that chronic stress. Um, Andrea asked, how did you learn about your type that you you actually get lost in your work from your quiz. Um, what was that link again? Andrea, great question. So my Enneagram type, I got from an Enneagram quiz. So you can just Google Enneagram quiz or Enneagram test. And, um, and then it will bring up any number of different um, Enneagram quizzes out there um, to, to find out your Enneagram type. Okay. And then for the burnout type, that's um, from the burned in teacher, uh, the teacher burnout quiz that I created. Uh, so this is to help you to identify if you're burned and unbalanced, burned and over it, burned and bored or not burned out, but something is off. Okay. So let me know if that does or does not answer your question. All right, my friends, I am just, hello, Susie. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, yeah, you're welcome, Andrea. All right, so I am so excited that you all joined me here for the live recording of the 100th episode of the Burn In Teacher podcast. I thank you so much, Susie. She said happy 100. I am so grateful for you. It would the, the podcast used to be a dream. It used to be something that, man, hopefully I can do a podcast someday where I can empower teachers to tell their stories. And from day one, September of 2018 to now, I have not regretted starting this journey and this podcast, not one time. And it is such an integral part of, of what my mission is. And that is to change the conversation and to empower educators to believe that they deserve and can achieve a happier and fulfilled life. But we have to, in order to do those, in, in order to reach that goal, we have to do something different. We have to um, 
we have to try new things. We have to have different conversations. We have to meet new people and, and get uncomfortable and step outside of this belief that practicing conventional self-care will be enough. And we have to do this hard, scary self-care that I know that you've heard me talk about. And that is the work of Burned In Teacher. All right. Oh, Angie, hello. Oops, I, I mixed the time zones again. Anyway, no worries. <laughs> no worries, Angie. I'm so glad you're here. Yes. So this is the end of episode 100. I'm so, so grateful for those of you that joined live or you're watching this replay here inside the Burned In Teacher podcast Facebook community. I am forever grateful for the opportunity to work with you, to serve you, to do this work with you and to continue to learn with you. All right. So as always, this is one part burnout and all other parts, action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. Thank you so much for joining me. And I can't wait for the next 100 episodes. Burn on everybody. Take a deep breath. You just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on.